Welcome to the Ready to Buy podcast. The podcast for busy young professionals like you to help get yourself and keep yourself ready to buy your dream home and keep your finances in shape. We know just how daunting it can feel, which is why over the coming weeks and months, we'll be discussing and simplifying moving, mortgages and money whilst hearing from some industry experts to help build your knowledge, understanding and confidence to be in the best shape you can be. The Ready to Buy podcast is brought to you by me, Mark Humphrey of MHC Mortgage and Protection Limited. And with over 20 years of experience in the mortgage industry, we help and support people like you buy their homes on a daily basis. We are passionate about making the process simple, easy, hassle and stress-free for all of our clients and we'll be sharing our knowledge, experience and loads of useful hints and tips throughout the series. You can find out more about us at mhcmortgages.co.uk and to make sure you never miss an episode you can subscribe at any podcast app out there including of course Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts and Amazon. Welcome to today's episode. I'm self-employed. Is it harder for me to get a mortgage? Now, this is a question that I'm often, often asked, and I suppose I'm self-employed too, so I can see it from both sides. Ultimately, the answer is it is more involved and there are more things to consider when you're self-employed, but certainly isn't impossible. And probably with a bit of help, you can navigate the requirements and get the mortgage that you need. I think it's really important, first of all, to make a bit of a distinction between the different types of self-employment. The two that we're going to discuss today will be those of you that are sole traders or a partnership, and also those of you that run a limited company or essentially a limited company directors. Okay, appreciate there are other forms of self-employment, You might be a limited liability or an LLP partner if you're a partner in a law firm, for example, or you might be a contractor, such as an IT contractor where you invoice a company each week or each month and you organize your own tax, for example. We will talk about those in a different episode. And whenever we come on to the topic of self-employment, something I'm so often asked as well is what income can we take? Now, we'll talk about those in those two different categories that we spoke about just now. One thing I will say is lenders will use figures that are disclosed to HMRC, to the tax man. For those of you that maybe don't disclose everything to the tax man, unfortunately, you can't have it both ways. So income that is declared to the tax man essentially will be the income that will be usable from a mortgage perspective. So let's think about those of you that are a sole trader. It's likely you'll either be doing your own self-assessments each year or you'll have an accountant that does it. And your financial year will be in line with the tax year, the fiscal year, which runs from the 6th of April through to the 5th of April each year. Now, lenders will tend to, as when you're self-employed, it's not the same as being employed, where you might, for example, have a set basic salary each month, it's really easy for them to understand what you get paid now. 
and what you might get paid going forward. Even if your job changes, it's likely that you'll get another salary at a similar level, maybe higher, and that will be a stable income. For those of us that are self-employed, we all know that income can be up and down. And so lenders are making a judgment upon looking at your track record. So usually you'll last two years, possibly the last three, to give them the best indication of what it's likely to be at going forward. When you're a sole trader, they will tend to look at your last two, usually two, possibly three net profit figures. Okay, so not your turnover, not your total income, your net profit is after taking into account all of the expenses and all of the things that you've sort of whittled down to essentially reduce your tax bill as much as possible. And I hear this a lot that I've got a really clever accountant, maybe so, but lenders will take the net profit figure. So the net profit figure that's disclosed to the tax man. So that is why when you're self-employed, Sometimes it does take a little bit more thought, a little bit more planning and ensuring the timing's right. Like we said, if you're employed, for example, if you've got a same basic salary in January as December, July, it's not really going to make too much difference as to when you go and ask for a mortgage, for example. When you're self-employed, it could do. And we'll come back to that in a second. Ordinarily, lenders will look at an average of your last two years' figures. Now, if your latest year is lower, they'll tend to use that instead of an average. And they may also ask more questions. So if it's a small drop from the previous year, maybe not so much. If it's quite a significant drop, they might want to understand why that's the case. And more often than not, it might be that you've spent money on a vehicle or some equipment and it's a one-off sort of capital expense that isn't going to be reflected in the figures next year and your net profit will bounce back up. And if that's the case, it's quite a simple thing for you to explain or your broker to explain to the lender and they'll be absolutely fine with that. Now, the timing is something that we mentioned as well because lenders will look back over your past two years Depending on when we are in the year as to when you're applying for a mortgage, it might determine which years they're looking at. So we've already said that the financial year runs to the 5th of April. And so let's say, for example, if we're now in July 2022, for example, then the latest financial year would be up to April just gone. So April 2022. It's quite possible you've not done your tax returns yet. You're not required to at that stage. And lenders understand that. And so it's likely at that point of the year, they tend to ask for the previous two years to that. So April 2019 to 20 and April 20 to 21. Now, as we go throughout the year, once we get to about October, when your April 2021 accounting year, your figures are now 18 months out of date, at that point, they'll start to want your April 2022 tax return. So worth bearing in mind and worth getting organized if mortgage time's coming around for you. Because I hear you in that it's not required by the tax man, by HMRC, until the end of January. But if lenders want it, and that is the difference between offering your mortgage and not, then it makes sense to get organized and, and get that together. Okay, there's there's one or two exceptions. There are lenders that maybe if we're approaching November and December may agree to 
to look at the previous two years' figures, but it really limits your options. So again, using a mortgage broker, they'll help you navigate this and help you understand what's needed, what possibly you need to do, how quickly you might need to move with your tax returns. And since the times of COVID as well, lenders historically didn't ask for this so much, but more and more we're seeing it where they might ask to see your business bank statements, possibly your last two or three months, essentially just to show some cash flow, just to ensure that there continues to be funds going into the business. Because don't forget, when we look at your tax return, even if it's a quite a recent one, then that's not up to date in terms of your bank statement will show your cash flow in the last two or three months. And when they ask for your business bank statements, it's not necessarily that they're looking to lend against those numbers. It's more to give them a bit of peace of mind that money's coming in and the business is in good health. In terms of what you're going to need to provide the lenders, they'll tend to ask for your two years HMRC documents. So that will be your tax summary or tax computation if your accountant has done it, also known as SA302s. And so this document will show your income or your profit from self-employment. It will also show if you've got any other income from property, for example, if you've had any employment throughout the year as well, it'll all be on there. And so they'll ask for the last two years of these, which you can either get from your accountant or you can get from the HMRC portal. And it's something if you look it up online, there are lots of guides to help you find out where to go if you're not so sort of tech savvy with those. They'll also ask to see your tax year overview. Okay, so there'll be two documents, the tax summary and the tax year overview. The overview shows how much tax you were due to pay in that year. It'll also confirm whether or not you've paid and you're up to date with it as well. So lenders tend to want to see both of those two things. Definitely not a silly question. Each episode, we like to answer a question that I might have been asked this week because something we don't know, no matter how big or small, particularly when it comes to money, mortgages and finance, will cause unnecessary stress. So I say to all of my clients, they're really genuinely are no silly questions. So the question I've been asked this week is... I own 50% of our limited company, along with my husband, who owns the other 50%. How does that affect things? Well, it's actually very simple. I'm assuming that you're both looking to put a mortgage application together. And so from a lender's perspective, they take peace of mind of knowing that 100% of their applicants will own 100% of the business. So it's not very different, to be fair, as if you had 100% and you were coming to the lender and would be treated in the same way. If you have a question you'd like to ask anything at all, please contact me, Mark Humphrey, via inquiries at mhcmortgages.co.uk. Not only will I answer your question nice and quickly, but I promise I'll try and share your question in future episodes, as you can be sure you'll not be the only one that's thought of that question. If you're enjoying the podcast, you can help us reach and help many, many more people like yourself by leaving us a five-star review on whichever platform you get your podcast and by sharing the podcast on your social media channels.
And so when it comes to those of you that are limited company directors, usually if you've got more than a 20 or 25% shareholding in the business, you'd be classed as a self-employed applicant from a mortgage perspective, and you'd be treated as a limited company director, which of course you are. Now, in terms of your financial year, there's a bit more freedom on this, as you'll know, whereas a sole trader, you have to abide by the financial year, the fiscal year, April to April. As a limited company director, it's completely your choice. So it's common to use the calendar year, so 1st of January to the 31st of December, or the fiscal year, so again, 6th of April to the 5th of April. I, for example, I'm a limited company director, and we run from the 1st of September through to the end of August. And for me, it aligns with when we set the business up and it's, it works for us. It's a slightly less busy time of year and it all works. But ultimately, it doesn't matter. And lenders, again, are going to look at your last two years history. But we've got a couple of different options this time. Whereas it was net profit figure from the sole traders perspective, as a limited company director, as, as you can imagine, you may be in a position where you draw all of the profit, all of the money out of the business each year, or actually you might be in a position where you draw very little or you draw plenty, but you retain profits in the business. So when we look at the lender's approach, there's two main approaches that they'll take. The most common one would be to look at your last two years, salary and dividends. So whatever you're drawing out of the business, they'd average your last two years figures. And unless you took less out the most recent year, they'll take that lower figure, similarly to, to sole trader, which is great. But as we said, if you're prudent and are able to leave lots of profit in the business, that may mean that you're able to borrow far less than the other way. So that may mean that you can borrow far less than if we look at it the other way, which we've got a handful of lenders that will look at your drawing, so your salary and they would look at your share of the net profit after corporation tax for the year. So essentially looks at the bit that you've drawn out plus your profit in the business, whether you've drawn that out as dividends or not. Again, they'll look at a two-year average or your latest year if lower. Now, you can see the vast difference that could make, and that's where it's so important. And I would really suggest using a broker to help you with this, because if you went to your bank, for example, and they purely do drawings out of the business to so salary and dividends, and you haven't taken very much, you could leave there really disheartened and think it's just not feasible to move. Whereas if you go to a broker, they'll understand, they'll look at both sides of it, they'll understand the figures, and they'll match you up with the most appropriate lenders with a fairly minimal amount of fuss. So could make a, a huge difference on that. Something that I'm often asked as well is the transition from being a sole trader through to being a limited company. And again, I can relate really well to this because I've done just that. And it was actually at mortgage time as well when we were looking to, to move home. And so it's something that many lenders are very understanding of. And whilst it may be a couple of extra conversations, again, using a broker will really help with this because your broker will be able to speak with the lenders ideally having a conversation up front before before anything really before an agreement in principle before you started looking at properties certainly before any application goes in and having those conversations explaining the nature of your business and particularly if there's very little or no change to your business other than the 
legal structure to it from sole trader to a limited company, then they can have confidence that essentially it's a continuation of your business and therefore look at the last two years. So for me, it was looking at the latest year as a limited company and the previous year as a sole trader, combining those incomes, taking an average and away we go. It can get more complicated if there are other factors. So if, for example, you were going into a business where there was another business partner involved, that may be a bit more complex because the structure of your business is changing. And from a lender's perspective, they don't necessarily understand what input this other director will have, what control you're going to have in terms of the business decisions. And it isn't quite a perfect continuation of your business. So some factors to consider there, but certainly understanding your options can really help. And hopefully this has been really useful today. To summarize some of the key points from today, ultimately, if you're self-employed, it is a little bit more tricky in terms of navigating your way through than if you're employed, for example, where you have solely got a basic salary and it's three pay slips and it's very easy to understand what your income is now and, and will be going forward. But not impossible. That's the key thing. So getting help from a broker to understand your options. Whether you're a sole trader, they're going to look at your net profit figures and usually it's going to be your last two years. And when it comes to a limited company, as we've said, they will look at your drawings or they can look at retained profit in the business potentially. So there's a few options. So understanding all of your options as early as possible will really help the process go as smoothly and allow you to, to get what you're looking for as easily as possible. Thanks so much for listening today. I really hope that you've enjoyed the episode and found it helpful. We'd love you to join us next time when I'll be discussing more hints and top tips from the world of money, mortgages and moving. In the meantime, please get in touch if you'd like some help or have a question about your own personal situation. You can contact me at inquiries at mhcmortgages.co.uk and my details will also be in the show notes. Until next time, take care.